We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. going on everybody welcome to another episode here of setting the pace and we're here to talk all things indiana pacers joining me now is michael j Fachi. Fachi, this is benedict matherin's world and we are just living in it we are merely spectators tonight alex i know it's just preseason, and i'm trying to not get carried away but this man is special there is no way around it 27 points tonight he looked every bit as advertised 8 to 13 from the field. Fachi, this man put up 12 free throws, hit 11 of them. I'm telling you what, I am here for the hot takes. I don't really care. I'm convinced that Benedict Matherin has to be a front runner for rookie of the year. And when I look at this guy and how he plays the game of basketball, how efficient he is at getting to the rim, call me crazy, but I'm starting to see flashes of a young Dwayne Wade. I can see it too. I really can. And I know, hey, it's a lot of pressure to put on someone early on. But the way Matherin is getting to the rim, drawing contact, and converting, it's really special. Alex, I'm at the verge of losing count, but I got him at five and ones in these three Mm. preseason games. I mean, we've talked about how the Pacers struggle to get to the free throw line. Well, let me just throw this out there. Matherin had 12 attempts at the line today, second most on the team, Miles Turner with four. I mean, look, at that's a big difference, mm-hmm. and one of these guys is a rookie. No, I mean, <laughs> it's a great point to bring up, Fachi, and I'll just say this. If you watched any of this game, you could feel the energy bursting through your TV. We've been talking about this for years. We've needed a ball of energy. We've needed a guy that's going to be efficient, that's going to come in here and play with a chippiness to him. And in that fourth quarter, Fachi, look, there's no doubt about it. He got called for some really bad foul calls. Yeah, There were some ones where maybe he was in the wrong spot and whatever. 
But he was ticked. He was looking at the referees. He's mean mugging them. They're giving him cheap foul calls there. And he fouls out of the game with 24.8 seconds left. Like, really? Y'all couldn't just let the Pacer mm-hmm. fans enjoy 25 more seconds of Matherin? You had to foul him out? But I love how Maddie was getting, and I'll say this, Jeremiah Johnson was interviewing him, and we've heard a lot of stories about Matherin hating to lose. And oh, Jeremiah yeah. Johnson said, you weren't playing like that was a preseason game. He goes, no, I wasn't. He goes, we got the win. I can go home happy. He said, that's what – he goes, this matters to me. The preseason matters to this young I man. I love it. And that to me is just something like – I don't care if you want to call it an overreaction or not. These are signs of greatness in the making, Flash. No doubt about it. It feels like Matherin – and this is crazy, but it feels like he's just about scoring a point a minute. That's how efficient he's been. I mean, throughout Summer League, okay, first we said, sure, it's just Summer League. Then we're starting to say, okay, look, it's preseason. When do we just say this guy is really special and we finally got ourselves one because we've been dying to sink our teeth into that next star, and now the Pacers could potentially have two of them. Tyrese Halliburton doesn't even play tonight, and and you know what? It's not even a, a minor story. It's Oh, my God, the Pacers battled back. At one point, they were down 13 in this game, and they fought and they clawed their way back, and it was led by a pure youth movement down the stretch between Bendik Matherin, Andrew Nemhart. I'm throwing it out there. Goga was even hitting big <laughs> shots in the fourth. I mean, whoa. So this was fun to see. Yes, it's preseason, but, man, this was the boost that lets you know the future's bright here in Indiana. If Pacer fans are wondering why they should come out to Gamebridge Fieldhouse to watch games, this is exactly why. The game was, you know, pretty much, you know, the Pacers had locked it up, but just to give them the kiss of death, Benedict Matherin with the steal and the windmill slam dunk. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that they were going to foul him, Bocci. I'm not going to lie. He had that dunk. It was like everything Obi Toppin did to the Pacers in the garden on Friday was all forgotten because Benedict Matherin made you forget about that game and that performance. Look, I understand the Pacers still have things they need to work upon, but they held the Knicks to 100 points in this game, Fachi. We talked about this on our last podcast. 131 points of the Knicks is way too much. They gave up 97 to the Hornets. They come back after getting blown out and hold the Knicks to 100 points without, we didn't even mention this to start off, no Tyrese Halliburton tonight. So. You don't even have Halliburton playing in this game. McConnell starts. You got Nimhard coming in playing that second unit now. And not saying that you didn't miss a beat, but you had guys step up. And I think that's what's huge is they're really focusing on the defensive side of things. New York did not have a good game overall. And I will tell you this, the Pacers get some credit for that. But look at this three-point percentage, Fachi. Both teams were terrible from three. They were. 11 of 41 for the Knicks. They shot 26.8%. The Pacers were 9 for 30. Got to get better in that area. But once again, I think I think it was uh, Chris Denary who brought this up. The Pacers dominated the points in the paint, 54 to 42 points in the paint. That's where they're going to live, and they get to the free throw line. That is a recipe for success. No, honestly, it is. I mean, they hold the Knicks to 37% from the field. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, there were some things to like about this game. Also, some things that, you know, hey, we know the Pacers need to to fix. But, I mean, one guy that we saw, we saw a little bit of the good. We saw a little bit of the bad. But I think the good outweighed the bad. Andrew Nemhard tonight looked far more than a guy that at some point we were saying, 
I don't really know if he's going to be in the rotation. You know, I don't know. Whatever. Andrew Nemhart, I think, is going to be someone in the second half of the year is playing some big minutes and impressing a lot of people. Finish the game, 15 points, nine assists on six of 12 shooting. We do have to throw in. He did have five turnovers, but that's what happens when you're feeling out the game as a rookie point guard. That's a major adjustment. Ends up being plus 14 in the game. Big part of that in the fourth quarter. Uh, so when the Pacers went on a run out, scored the next 32 to 21. So, man, the Pacers draft class, I mean, between Matherin and Nemhard, it looks like they may have nailed those picks. You know, and obviously we know that Kendall Brown more, is more of the project. We saw him play earlier on. Didn't really make an impact in this game, but he's still getting valuable exposure at this point. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say, Fachi. And I have to just ask you this because it was such a big controversy last year, but are you willing, Fachi, to oh, hand man. those keys over to Andrew Nimhart for the third string point guard? I'm itching to hand him over. I really am this You're only time itching? around. You're not going to do it? I- I'm going to do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I want him <laughs> to take the keys from me, take it for a spin. You know, at this point, look, I just didn't feel that comfortable last year with Kiefer Sykes. I'm going to be honest. And mm-hmm. you know what? I stand by it. So, you know, I think this time around, Andrew Nemhard, take the keys, my man. I want to see it. And at this point, I think he's a bit further along than what we thought he might be. Yes, it's preseason. But at the same point, hey, I don't think we're going to be worried when Andrew Nemhard's is on the court. I, I owe Andrew Nemhard an apology for how I reacted when he got drafted by the Pacers. I'm with I you was, on that, though. Me too. I was just kind of the, eh, eh, Andrew Nimhart, okay, whatever. Like, it wasn't a guy that was really on my radar. Doesn't scream in terms of, like, super athletic, right? But Yeah, no, you're right. Man, what a poised player. Like, I understand it's preseason, and I'm not trying to get over the top about it, but I've been impressed every single preseason game he's been in he comes in there, and I like that he's actually taking mid-range shots. Have you noticed yep, that a little bit, Fachi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where it's almost like Carlisle's allowing him to do that, too. So I'm not going to give you a hot take here and say, TJ McConnell, you better watch out because yeah. you know your backup point guard position could be getting hot. But I will say this. It would not surprise me if Andrew Nimhard eventually replaces McConnell by next season as the backup point guard. And even if McConnell's on the team, I can see him taking that backseat role being the third string point guard. If Nimhart continues to develop and showcase 15 and nine for a backup point guard, that's pretty impressive. No, it really is. And look, you're not alone on that draft day pick. I don't think Nemhard was on any Pacer fans' radar. And you know what? I'm sure he probably has a little bit of that chip on his shoulder to be like, all right, hey, look, like, you know, I was a point guard on a team that went to the national championship in college. Like, I've I've been around for a bit. So he's a bit more seasoned than a guy like Kendall Brown. So I I do think that has to play. In effect, this was a guy, you know, four years in college. So he is ready, you know, ish. But at the same point, I think the Pacers are going to do a good job bringing them along slowly, just like you mentioned, behind T.J. McConnell, who at times, look, McConnell had some really good passes tonight. You know, offensively, pretty gross. Look, two of nine for the field. He did hit a three, which I think stunned all of Pacer Nation. Ends up taking another three, air balls it viciously. I mean, just, it was at the point where it's like, all right, let's not get carried away here, T.J. You made one, let's call it a night. But... Uh, overall, I mean, look, we didn't get to touch on Jalen Smith took a, a bit of a scary fall. Yeah. I think the Pacers played it safe. 
not really pushing them out there, you know, much of the second half. So I, I think that was great to, Hey, we got, we got nothing to risk over here, like call it a night. But other than that, you know, on a night where Ben McMatherin looked great from the field. And yes, once again, famous line of the night, it's just preseason, Buddy Heel did not. And, and this is just going to get Pacer fans riled up to say like, when is Matherin starting? Because we know what we have here. It's just a matter of, Hey, you know, when is he going in the lineup or do we still like him being a bit more featured with some of the, you know, the bench unit that has been more of a preseason thing rather than what you'll see in the regular season? Yeah. I want to touch on that real quick because I don't really care who starts. I know that sounds crazy. Like we get so caught up in like, well, he's not a starter or he is a starter. Oh, okay. Whatever. We know Buddy Heald is temporarily holding that starting position. We know it's not permanent. We know Benedict Matherin is going to uh, eventually, excuse me, can't talk, eventually take that from him. So why would I freak out about it right now? There's no reason to overreact and be like, well, he should be starting. He got 27 points in 30 minutes. Well, it doesn't matter if he gets 27 points starting or coming off the bench. Okay? That's the thing where I'm looking at Avachi. I'm like, okay. He got 30 minutes still in this preseason action. Most of anyone on the team. Let's talk about the regular season. He's probably going to get close to 25 minutes a game would be my guess, okay, to start things off. But if he's playing like he's playing, you think Carlisle's going to take Ben out to put Buddy in? No. He's going to ride the hot hand, let him develop. So I, I think we're overreacting to not a starter versus, you know, being being a starter but that doesn't matter because overall benedict matherin is producing in the role that he's in don't change it up now continue to let him thrive and once he gets that opportunity to start teams are going to start scouting him more they're going to start learning some of his tendencies he's going to have challenges we know that's going to happen so enjoy it while it's hot right now let's see how he adjusts for the rest of the season and he's going to get that spot eventually. So just let it happen naturally. And let's not try to force it too soon because we know that Matherin is a special player. No, we do. But, uh, man, I saw how that mailbag looked this week. People were asking about when Matherin's going to start, and this is only going to get him more riled up. But one other thing that I did see that was unique was this time around, it was O'Shea that got in way earlier came in in the first quarter, uh, actually, when Terry Taylor was initially coming in earlier. So this game, it was O'Shea who came in far earlier. Terry Taylor came in later. They both played basically about the same amount of minutes. O'Shea played 20. Terry Taylor played 19. Uh, O'Shea, eight rebounds, which is great. Did, unfortunately, go 0 of 3 from the field. But that's kind of been the battle that you're watching over there. O'Shea, Terry Taylor, who's going to who's gonna get those minutes, I think, tonight? At least Terry Terry went two of three from the field, actually hit a nice three. Uh, He did have four rebounds, but overall, I think both players still contributed. It was just nice to see O'Shea get in when the game actually mattered instead of just at the end of the game, just to kind of be with, you know, the Gogas and the Kendall Browns. Yeah, and I I thought that was interesting, too. I wasn't really sure why they went ahead and went with this roster uh, you know, rotation change. But with that being said, I kind of understand it. You want to play with different combinations. That's mm-hmm. probably what Carlisle's doing. Wanting to get a good feel for this. I'm not out on O'Shea Brissett as all, at all. But I definitely think that we're overreacting, myself included, to O'Shea's playing time. What does he mean long-term to this franchise? 
I understand he came on our podcast. Really nice guy. I'm rooting for him like crazy. I think he's going to be a fun player. I, I, I still believe he has a role on this team. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be it's kind of overshadowed by all of the other stuff we have on this roster, Fachi. Yeah. So he's got to be more consistent from three. He he cannot continue to have bad shooting performances from the three point no. line. Love the rebound effort though. Eight rebounds tonight, but defensively, that's where he's going to have to get better. But yeah, Terry Taylor, I believe in Terry Taylor as an overall player. He's just kind of a weird fit, you know. Uh, He's got to figure out how he can continue to be impactful, which he has. So, you know, I was surprised to see Terry not get in there earlier. But with that being said, he still ended up playing 19 minutes and O'Shea played 20. So nice, even even spread out minutes there. I thought it was interesting to see Isaiah Jackson only get 17 minutes in this Mm -hmm. game, especially since he wasn't in foul trouble. So. Overall, you know, you played how many guys tonight? It looks like they played 12. So have to like what you got from pretty much everybody. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But once again, Fachi, I think keeps getting slept on for some reason, but Chris Duarte, another really good game. I, I completely agree. Like, just a quiet, real solid performance. I mean, 13 points on 6 of 11 shooting, 5 rebounds. At one point, he had... Evan Fournier dancing side to side. I mean, <laughs> Dorte just kept shaking him, and then he hits a beautiful three. Classic Dorte. There was about like five seconds left before halftime when he nails that three, and it was just like, my God, there's just always someone that feels to overshadow just how solid, rock solid Chris Dorte is. No, and that and that's what I love about Dorte. It's like. We we didn't hate him as a player last year, and I and I understand people were probably going to throw this in my face forever because I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. We didn't get Moody. Okay, you got to live with it. You move on, right? That's what you got to do. I didn't say that Duarte was a bad player. I just yeah. felt like Moses Moody was going to be a stud, and I I'm still not writing that off. But I will say this: much, much, much more impactful player than people probably give him credit for. I don't know what his overall statistics are going to be for this season, but I know he's going to be that consistent guy that's going to be a threat from downtown, going to be defensively impactful, and he's just going to do the small things that help winning, you know, winning habits develop for this team. So while we're excited about the Matherns, while we're excited about Halliburton and all those young players, Chris Duarte is just the steady hand kind of guiding the ship, in my opinion. He's that even kill guy that people forget about. And I can't express enough how impactful he's going to be for this team and in the future. 
Oh, yeah. I, I think we're going to see it right when the regular season starts that, hey, Duarte in, the expand, in expanded minutes. I mean, obviously he's been playing, you know, roughly 20 minutes. So now you got 25 minutes. So once he's playing a normal role, I think we're going to be like, okay, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, we have something real good here. And it just showed that the Pacers' future, it's real bright. They were talking about how the Mad Ants roster is older than the Pacers roster. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, who would have thought that would be the case? You know, but there is a really young Pacers team out here right now. And I love how every single player just feels like they're scratching the surface. I mean, you, we're, we're looking at TJ McConnell like he's this old geezer of a man, and he's like 30 years old. So it, it's just like, okay, you know what? Hey, you need a veteran on there in terms of some of the other veterans. Look, it's not something that uh, that we're surprised, but like James Johnson, Langston Galloway, these are the games they didn't get in. Daniel Tice, look, I don't know if there's ever a plan for him to get in, but those vets are really just, uh, they're not taking minutes away at this point. So it, it's definitely an encouraging sign to see for the youth movement. Absolutely, Fachi. So, I mean, we've talked about some players here, but to kind of put a bow on this preseason recap, let's give out some gold stars, Fachi. This is going to be pretty much similar to game balls, but we can only give out three. So obviously, unanimous, going to get a, a gold star. Benedict Matherin, <laughs> no question about it. We've raved about him enough, but got another gold star to give out, Fachi. Who are you giving it to? I do. I want to give it to the rook, Andrew Nemhard. I, I really feel like this was a game that if you really watched him, you knew like, okay, okay, okay. The Pacers know what they got over here. They value him. And this guy is going to learn behind McConnell. And when it's fully his time, he will be ready. His his nine assists tonight really made me feel like, hey, if the Pacers are in a pinch, Nemhard is someone that can get the job done rather than in years past with like a, a Kiefer Sykes or a Brad Wanamaker where you had really no faith. I think that's fair. That's who I would have given one to, Fachian, to give out our last gold star. I've got to give it to Gogo Batadze. Look, eight minutes, only played in that fourth quarter, but Fachi, the man went two of two from three. This is something we've been talking about with Goga for years. If he can knock down that three consistently, then he can probably last in the league longer, but he's never been able to consistently do it. But he had two big threes during that stretch. I thought it was really cool. Obviously, only played eight minutes. He got eight points in eight minutes. You can't be more efficient than that, right? Uh, we were jokingly talking about it on air. I said, I'm going to come on the podcast and rave about somebody. And our good friend Tyler Smith said, no, Gogo Batadze hasn't missed a shot all night. Well, he didn't. Three of three for the game. So got to give Goga a gold star, even though I think maybe maybe Duarte had a more impactful overall game. I feel like Goga deserves some love in this one because of what he did down the stretch. And you saw a smile on Goga's face. Oh, yeah. That I probably haven't seen since uh, he had that behind-the-back pass in Eurobasket <laughs> that was all over social yep. media. So really love that from him. But I think this was a really good game, really good chance for fans to get excited. And there's one more chance to watch him in preseason action. I'm going to be at the game, Fachi. So excited for that. I'm going to be able to see Jalen Green, hopefully, uh, up close. I haven't got a chance to see him in person yet. Same with Jabari Smith. So my guy, Terry Eason, oh, my goodness. I'm going to lose my mind once I see him. He's been killing it. Uh, um, man, was I was I right on that or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, you you <laughs> had the, the man crush early on, and rightfully so. If the Pacers could have gotten back 
into the lottery area. I mean, I, I definitely was on board with trying to snag Terry. So, uh, Terry Eason, that would have been awesome uh, for Goga. Also, two blocks, two blocks in the game. But his threes were, were like back-breaking threes for the Knicks. Like, that just kind of snapped the will right over there. So, uh, overall, I, I'm on board with you in terms of those uh, those gold stars. Can't, can't knock them one bit. And Duarte with an honorable mention. Canada is representing Indiana well. We got Chris Duarte spent some time there. Obviously, Matherin's from Canada. Andrew Nimhart from Canada. O'Shea Brissett from Canada. So uh, the the Canadians are going crazy over the Indiana Pacers. I, I can't blame them, though, because this is what's happening right here. So last thing on Benedict Matherin from Worldwide Wob, which is everybody knows Worldwide Wob is one of oh, the yeah. most infamous NBA Twitter follows. He's tweeting about Matherin like nonstop. Game three in the preseason for a small market team. That is really cool. But during the preseason, Matherin, in just 21 minutes of play per game, is averaging 20.3 points per game, Fachi. Ridiculous. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, uh, if you're not excited, Pacer fans, I'm sorry, but find something to get excited about because right there uh, staring at me on Twitter is a picture of Ben Matherin. There's nothing else that can make me more excited than seeing, seeing him on the basketball court. Honestly, you can't. And, and just a simple thing like Worldwide Wob just just tweeting that just shows that Matherin is the type of player that makes casual fans recognize what's going on and say, oh, wow, oh, they got a baller over there. I started to see those people who cover other teams just talking about Benedict Matherin. And that's what we've lacked in, in some of the recent years where it's just like, look, Sabonis, a good player, but how many – jaw-dropping plays with Sabonis doing in, in a game. I mean, it just it just wasn't happening. Benedict Matherin is someone that the masses can really say, oh, wow, like, yeah, that, that guy, he's coming. So from our good friend Young Simba on Twitter at the 2K Messiah, it looks like they have put a lock on betting Benedict Matherin as Rookie of the Year right now. That's amazing. <laughs> that so, is amazing. It is crazy what a preseason game will do to these people. But with that being said, Faji. That's going to do it for us in terms of recapping this game, but we do have some news to get to. There's a lot of interesting things that happened before this game, starting with Tuesday afternoon, Shams breaking a, uh, a little bit of a bomb here, and the Pacers uh, adding somebody else to that two-way contract. You want to tell us a little bit more about Treble and Queen? Absolutely. Treble and Queen, look, the G League MVP? I mean, come on, we're talking about if we got one last spot open on a two-way contract, why not give it to the guy, the best guy from the G League? I mean, I think that's awesome. Average 22 points per game, uh, over six rebounds, just over four assists, shot 46% from the field. Uh, he, you know, had, had a little bit of a cup of coffee in the NBA last year with the Houston Rockets, where he shot 37% from three, and I believe it was his 10 appearances. So overall, I mean, that is a what feels like a high upside signing compared to the, the days of Amita Brima and, and and Brian Bowen and guys that, you know, exactly, like guys that Amita were like, come Brima. on. Come yeah, on. I mean, the upside on him was just, I mean, there was nothing there. So this Trevlin Queen, I feel like this is someone that I could actually imagine seeing in games and scoring and being like, okay, you know what? Why not roll the dice here? I love the move. Yeah, so just, I don't know if you saw this tweet that I put out yesterday, Fachi kind of like laying out his story. Uh, but he only played, he actually played less than one year of varsity high school basketball, wow. uh, had zero college offers, played in three junior colleges, 
experienced homelessness for a little bit before landing at New Mexico State. Then he went undrafted, got a G League deal with the Grand Rio Vipers. Uh, Then after that, he got a summer league invite and training camp invite with the Lakers. They cut him. He goes back to the Vipers, um, and that is the Houston Rockets G League team. And throughout the year, they got him on a two-way deal, but that never was converted. He gets the G League MVP and the G League Finals MVP, gets a deal gets with some guaranteed money with the 76ers. They have to cut him because they had so many guys on the roster and they were trying to, you know, just avoid having to pay the tax, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a, I think they're already paying the tax, excuse me, but, you know, it's a crowded room over there in Philadelphia. But this is why the Indiana Pacers left that open two-way spot. They didn't give it to David Astrovitas because, you know, what if somebody became available? And look, Trevor and Queen is only 25 years old, okay? So he's a he's a sniper of a shooter if you watch his highlights at all. Um, got some sneaky athleticism to him. I think he's a, I think he averaged 35 points, Fachi, something like that in the finals uh, for, the, for the G League. So uh, like you said, you gave down his statistics for the year. I, I thought it was really impressive. But um, yeah, I'm not going to over like get excited about a guy that we're not sure what he's going to be, but Seeing the success the Pacers have had with these G League players, it at least gets your interest a little, you know, perked up because you're hoping that maybe this guy can become something. No, I am. I mean, this, this is someone who talked about. Yeah, I left out G League Finals MVP. I mean, this is guy a guy who's not afraid of the big moment, but has also worked his butt off to get here. I mean, those are the stories that you know that this is a guy who's not going to take this moment for granted. So. I do like the fact that this is a high upside signing for your last spot. It's what we talked about of, hey, you know, the Pacers keeping that spot open. Who are they keeping it open for? Servetus, that would not have been the guy. I mean, what have we seen in preseason that let us know, like, oh, yeah, you know, we we, we can't miss on this guy. Like, got to get him locked up. So at Trevor Queen, I feel like this is a good last addition to the team. Shout out to the front office for keeping their options open, knowing that someone – could become available and that guy did become available let's be honest it's a bit harder to make that 76ers roster right now than it is the Pacers roster so I don't blame them for having to make a tough decision there but hey um this is a a great addition for the Pacers totally agree there Fachi and I'll just say this with Servetus I mean this guy is a lights out shooter and they already have his G League rights so he's going to be able to play on that older G League that we were just joking about earlier So the, the grandpa Pacers, right? <laughs> the mm-hmm. Mavs. But no, I think he's going to be good there. And I think, you know, if he plays well and proves that he deserves a shot, then you never know. Uh, if the Pacers make some trades, they could convert some of the guys on their two-way deals, like a Kendall Brown or maybe uh, maybe a Queen as the season prolongs and convert them to standard contracts. And then Servetus gets that two-way deal. So don't rule out anything. But right now, I think it makes a lot of sense. Still, that 15th man on the roster spot has not been filled We'll see if Galloway or James Johnson does get that on that non-guaranteed deal for the rest of the season, but got to monitor that. But with that being said, last thing here, Fachi, the third-year options of Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson were picked up, and the fourth-year options on Aaron Neesmith and Tyrese Halliburton were picked up by the Pacers. So no surprise here on any of that, but just cool to kind of see like, hey, uh, the Pacers are really invested in these guys and are not going to go down the path that they went uh, like the Phoenix Suns did with Jalen Smith. 
No, nah, this is a great move by the Pacers. I mean, look, it, it, it made no sense to not pick those options up, especially for, you know, a Tyrese Halliburton, a Chris Duarte, or Isaiah Jackson. But in what world would they not pick up Aaron Neesmith's option when, hey, look, this is a guy who still has a lot of upside. I know right now, little banged up, but it's not thought to be anything serious. Uh, first preseason game looked really good. Second one was obviously dealing with you know, the plantar fascia. So, I look forward to seeing him back on the court, but I also look forward to knowing that, hey, this isn't going to be a situation that if all of a sudden this guy overly produces, now we're, we're in that same situation you talked about with Jalen Smith, where now the storyline is, oh my God, are we going to be able to sign Neesmith? I really hope we're going to sign Neesmith. Don't play him too much. I don't want to go down that, you know? So been there, done that. Love the Pacers, took care of their own. And that's what you got to do to make these young guys happy. It's true. You know, they, I think Woe just tweet phrased Halliburton as a young star. And well, people were like, he's not a star yet. Come on, get off my lawn, <laughs> oh my people. God. Grow up. Classic. Get over it. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're building the team around him. He's a face of the franchise. They've openly said it. Just relax. I mean, and, you know, I jokingly put out a tweet about, you know, LeBron better be ready for Matherin. You know, oh, he's yeah. dub. look, we have to have fun this year. We it's going it. to be a weird year. Okay. And, you know, Fachi, it's kind of weird rooting for these guys to lose. I'm actually glad I'm able to cheer for them to win in the in the preseason because I know the bigger, you know, the bigger goal here is to look into the future of this next year's draft because it's gonna be fantastic. I'm not I'm not joking about that. Amin Thompson, oh my god, dude. Like every time I watch him play, I'm oh, getting yeah. more and more excited about potentially him being on this roster. But I just gotta say it's fun rooting for these guys in preseason. And it's going to be super hard to root for them to lose games in the regular season because of how much fun they are. No, it's it's totally spot on. I just can't imagine myself in a situation where the Pacers are going for a game-winning shot and I'm supposed to yell at the TV and say, miss it! I, I just don't know if I have that in me because for so many years I've lived and died by that shot at the end of the game. I mean, missing it, it hurts. But if we hit it, I mean, I'm running and I'm telling everybody. And it's just like it changes your mood. So this year it's going to be a big adjustment. But for tonight, tonight to be able to claw back and get a win that in the grand scheme of things means nothing. Whew, I had a blast. I did too. And if you're feeling the energy on this podcast from me and Fachi, please give us a five-star rating interview because this is what we're going to bring to the table every time we get to see performances like that from Benedict Matherin. But with that being said, Fachi, go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingPace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on, on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok at SettingThePace and Alex. Tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast. And I had someone ask me if we could go live on YouTube for this post game pod. And you know what? That might be something we will look into for the future. We're not able to make that happen tonight, but we will, we will try our best spot to try to be more interactive with our fans, uh, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Twitter, I don't know, Twitter spaces. I don't know, but we'll, we'll do something along those lines, Fachi. But uh, you told me you're not able to scream super loud uh, <laughs> as it's getting late. So I'm going to let you set me up, and I'm going to give my best three words. Alex, if you're rooting for Benedict Matherin to win Rookie of the Year, then hit me with these three words. Let's go Paces! Setting the pace, 
going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop. Smooth. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.